When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, this is your cousin Brucey, and you are listening to TV Confidential. And now, not confidential, here's Cousin Ed. Ed Roberts, with a reminder that Ellen Gear will join us later on in the hour. Ellen Gear, daughter of Will Gear, uh, the Waltons, and the artistic director of Will Gear's Theatricum. Botanicum, the outdoor amphitheater in Topanga Canyon, California, that Buzz Magazine once called one of the coolest places in L.A. The summer season for Theatricum is underway as we speak. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about how Ellen and her family have been carrying on the legacy of Will Gear over the past 40 years. Ellen Gear will join us later on in the hour. Please stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Ron Bacon is on the line with us sharing a few memories of his 35 years in network TV production, most of which he spent with ABC in Los Angeles, where he worked on more than 12,500 TV broadcasts and wore many hats from stage manager to assistant director to director, writer, and producer. You can learn more about Ron Bacon at ronbacon.net. Also at ronbacon.net, you can screen for free The Kite Song, The Kite Song, the 30-minute experimental short film that Ron produced in 1967 and which we talked about with Ron earlier in the program. RonBacon.net. You have a lot of experience in editing. We've talked a little bit about that earlier. Uh, Oh, boy. (laughs) Millions of years. um, Hours and hours. Yeah, and, and, and again, it's just the various skill sets you acquired and that you were asked to do is amazing. And this goes back to one of the first things we talked about last time you were on, Ron, is because this was all very new at the time, there weren't a lot of people available who could do these, ABC in particular, because they were the, they were the third network. They didn't have, they didn't have the, the affiliates. They didn't have the sort of economic advantages that both CBS and uh, NBC had. And so... Their staffs were small, and the benefit of being part of a small staff is you are exposed to all aspects of production, and you were able to soak all of that in. Yeah, it was particularly at ABC because I mean they did a lot of the programming from New York, so everything that Hollywood did was done by just a very small number of people. Well, we did have a lot of different assignments. I mean, I was working seven days a week quite often. It wasn't unusual. And because there'd be so many different shows you'd be working on, you know. You could be assigned to two shows in one day. Uh, I would work, for example, Queen for a day in, in the afternoon, or morning and afternoon. Then in the evening, I'd work a show called Seven Keys, <laughs> a game show. I mean, <laughs> and I, I mean, I'd be, I'd be, my day would start quite early in the morning and end up around midnight. <laughs> it was just, it was incredible. In baseball parlance, we would call you a utility player. 
<laughs> and and I don't know if you follow sports, Ron, but whether it's baseball, whether it's basketball, you do not win without good utility players. You do not win without good role players, and you are able to fill a lot of roles. Well, that was uh, that was pretty much the way it went. It was typical for us uh, when we would do a show to do the editing. The director really has the responsibility, but most directors just didn't edit. They didn't want to be bothered with. I mean, it's tedious. It's long hours, you know. And sometimes the director would drop in on you and say, "How's it going?" Or something. <laughs> I remember. Uh, I was when I was doing Academy Awards. Of course, that was a really big deal, mm-hmm. Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. And I would have to take the show, which was originally would run about three and a half hours, and cut it down to fifty-five minutes. Yeah, I'm making some really difficult cuts. Not, not only are you making difficult cuts, you've. It would be one thing if uh, the network said, "Okay, Ron, uh, we want you to take last night's broadcast, cut it down." to 55 minutes and get us to us in a week, okay? Then you can work a little leisurely. No, you had to do this overnight. So while everyone is going to the uh, Oscar parties, you're in, you're in the editing room trying to figure out, okay, how... And again, this goes back to telling a story. How do you take a three-and-a-half-hour broadcast and narrow it down to 55 minutes? So you had to do that. That was time. it. That was it, you know. And the first the first time I, I edited the show for the Academy. A number of people from the Academy offices, officials came and, and they were they watched me. And after they were there for just a, a couple of hours, they began to realize this is going to last all night. <laughs> they left and I went to the party. <laughs> you know, that was it. And the fact is, I mean, yes, the Academy Awards went to I mean, I don't know, 25 million viewers or better. I don't know exactly how many, but it was a large audience in the United States. But the summary of the day's events, which is basically what I was doing, the 55-minute version, that went all over the world. Mm-hmm. And, and not not a million, but a billion people watched it. Yeah, this, and again, this is, this, is, this is before the days of satellite and digital... Uh, right. Technology, which 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 enabled you know the, the the Oscar cast to be carried simultaneously all over the world in real time. But back back in the day Our when you guys were... then were just used very just for for, for recording marginal you know short times. You, you you couldn't you couldn't have a satellite. You couldn't book one for three hours. Yeah, it wouldn't be possible. Yeah, I mean, again, you guys are creating the form that we all take for granted today. Yeah. But um, now, I have a little story about this. this <laughs> in nineteen, uh, in in the year two thousand eighteen, I I went to to Egypt because I'd never been there before. And while I was there, some of the people recognized my name from the credits on the Academy Awards. Now there were only two credits that were on the summary of the day's events that went out to the world. It was the name Marty Pacetta, who was the producer mm-hmm. director, mm-hmm. and my name, Ron Bacon. And so my, I was famous in, in Egypt, <laughs> and, and uh, this wealthy uh, shop owner he said, "Would you please, would you please come and stay with us?" He said, "I have a beautiful home. It's eight thousand square feet. I got a swimming pool. We're on the ocean, and, and blah blah blah. And uh, you can stay as long as you want. I mean, it was they they were so wanting to entertain me." 
The Oscars gave you instant gravitas. Yeah, because I had I gained this thing from being on the credit. Yeah. Ron Bacon is on the line with us, sharing a few stories about his 35-year career in network TV production. Ron's short film, The Kite Song, is available for viewing on demand for free at ronbacon.net. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, we mentioned that when you put together the 55-minute version of the live telecast for broadcast all over the world, you have to make decisions fast. You have to know uh, what to keep, what not to keep. And you have to make some judgment calls. And like any other high-pressure situation, you make what you think is the best decision you believe you can make in the time you have to do it, and then you move on. Now, nine times out of ten, you deliver the print uh, the next morning, and you you go on with your life. You get ready for the next uh, thing you're doing for ABC. But there was a circumstance... In 1977, that was the year Vanessa Redgrave won the Best Supporting Actress for The Turning Point. I believe she won the uh, Supporting Actress for The Turning Point. And being a Redgrave, and as is often the case when you win a major award, knowing that you've got all eyes on you, this is your moment in the sun. And some actors, they, they thank everybody, and some actors... They use it to make a statement, and then there's Vanessa Redgrave. Yeah, in those days, it was uh, kind of shunned on by the Academy to do any, to make any speeches of any kind other than just to thank the people that she worked with. But in this case, uh, Vanessa Redgrave decided she'd thank her friends and the poor man and uh, launch into a long tirade against Zionist hoodlums. And then she asked us to support the PLO and told us how we should all love Yasser Arafat. Well, at that point in history, <laughs> Yasser Arafat wasn't a great friend of a whole lot of people in the United States. Yes. And certainly it was a very controversial statement. And uh, so from my point of view, cutting her speech was an easy edit. And I knew that I, I knew the Academy Awards was going to be seen everywhere, and especially a number of nations that wouldn't even agree with Ms. Redgrave's uh, political broadside. So after my cut, her speech ran like this. I think Jane Fonda and I have made the best movie of our lives, and I especially would like to thank our director, Fred Zinnemann, <laughs> applause, applause, applause. And I cut her whole speech. So that was, I thought, was going to be working fine, because I had to hit this show done Oh, and that night. Yeah, yeah, and again, that, that was not the that was not the only major cut you made that night. I mean, you cut virtually all of Bob Hope's monologue. You know, I, I cut it down to Bob Hope would be on there for half an hour, and yeah. I cut it down to one joke. Yeah, like, you know, so that's all you had time for. That's all you had time for, and and again, nine times out of ten, you deliver the fifty-five minute print the next day. It gets shipped via air freight to the UK. 
and it's broadcast. And normally, or in a normal year, that would be the end of that. You move on to whatever you're doing next. But you got as soon as you got home, before you had a chance to, you know, lay down and relax, you got a phone call. Yeah, at ten o'clock in the morning, I had to drive home you know, to the LA traffic. I mean, you know, after all night. Yep. I mean, the whole day you've been working on the cabin wars and all night. You're tired, and I I get home and, and the phone rings and my wife says, "Ron, you got a phone call from Gregory Beck." <laughs> Who was, the, who was the president? He was the president of the academy at the time. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, Mr. Beck. He says, "I said, what's up?" And he says, "Well, I got a phone call from London, and they they said they got the feet okay, but it seemed to them to be missing the part where Vanessa Redgrave's speech." <laughs> I said, well, "I had to cut it." And <laughs> so, well, I you can't you can't do that. They they want it. <laughs> I said, "Well, I." It's done, you know. And anyway, he said, "Well, you've got to, you got to put it back somewhere." So anyway, I, I called British, uh, the the broadcast people there, and they said, "Look, give us, give us the whole speech, and we'll put it in." So I, then I had to book a satellite that could could send it. Fortunately, we were able to get one. And again, it was hard to get a satellite in those days. And uh, and we we uh, sent the little section. The, the, well, a five-minute speech or whatever it was <laughs> to, uh, to to London, and they instead it, and it, it it was for the people in Britain anyway. They saw Vanessa do her thing. <laughs> yeah, here's the here's the other takeaway: both Peck and the British uh, liaison, without saying so, they actually agreed with why you cut the speech. Um, because they understood that because it was it was at that time the the academy they were they had actually told me that they they preferred not to have speeches yeah. in there. You were you were anything I shouldn't. No, you you were you were not cutting it willy nilly. There was an intent and there was an understanding of who you were dealing with. But well, uh, the thing's going to go all over the world and there'll be countries that don't like it. Yeah, you're not going to put something in there that's going to turn off people about the academy award. It just makes sense. Yeah. Know? So, but but fortunately, the British liaison was also reasonable when he spoke to you and he said, "Okay, can you find that five minutes?" And send it to us. We'll insert it on our end. And if it goes over time in the UK, it goes over time in the UK. We'll deal with that. But yeah, exactly, that's what happened. Yeah. yeah. And fortunately, you still had that five minutes <laughs> that you can that you can send. It them. might have been more than five. I mean, I it was an eternity. <laughs> for that. But, I mean, I, how could somebody get on a show and, and be so controversial? You know. And I kept thinking, do you really want to be acting again? <laughs> but, you know, she had a reputation for being difficult. It yeah. wasn't something new, uh, new, I guess. And and uh, look, a couple of years earlier, there was Sachin Littlefeather who... Uh, oh, yeah, for, for Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando. Brando. Yeah. So it's not the first time that Oscars had controversial well, Brando, moments. Brando really surprised everybody, you know. And with that... And they really didn't let the, the girl, the Indian girl, say what she wanted to say. I mean, it, they they told her what she would be allowed to say, and it was it wasn't what she wanted to say. It was a compromise. Before we leave the subject of the Academy Awards, a- ABC was not the first network to get the Academy Awards. I mean, it was originally... no, we were, the way the circumstance we got it under was because NBC 
had made a terrible mistake about time. And the year that the year that we got it, the year before, NBC had it, and they had been doing it for years. I mean, it had been for many years with with NBC, and uh, the show ran 20 minutes short, and they they had to fill the time, and there. Uh, Jerry Lewis was the uh, MC for the show. Well, Jerry is a wonderful comic when you give him a script, but to ask a guy to go out there and entertain for 20 minutes with no script, who that I mean, that's just not his way of working. That was not that was not a strong point. No, it was horrible. It was just it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing for Jerry. It was bad for the network. Everything went, and so the Academy. The next year gave it to ABC, and we kept it for all those years. And that was a real coup for ABC because, as we said, ABC was the third network, and it exactly, did, it was a huge, it was a huge coup for us. Yeah, yes. it it did not have the number of affiliates uh, that NBC and CBS had. It did not have a lot of the advantages that ABC uh, that NBC and CBS had. So the fact that you got a major coup, and I and I. I believe I'd have to double check, but ABC has pretty much been the only network to do the Oscar cast since they first picked it up in 1960. I, as far as I know, they're still doing it, aren't they? I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, they are. They, they, they are. But I, I think I think they've done it like nonstop since 1960. I, I will. Yeah, there have been no interruptions if it, they were doing it. I mean, it's a difficult show. I mean, so it's, it's just an awful lot of stuff, and it's hard to keep a show interesting for three hours or more. It's a a huge job. When you're working on it, people who are most in charge, the producer, of course, and the guy who's going to direct it, are. that's a year's work. That's all they do. They work on that one show. I mean, it it takes that long to to put it together. And even with all the stuff that you have, you have have teams of writers, you have all these things that have to be done. And then you you have to be able to schedule all of these actors and, and get them there and I mean, it's it's a huge undertaking. As a stage manager, when I first worked the show, I had 250 associate directors or, or assistant directors from film helping me do the show. Yeah. 250 assistant directors plus me plus my crew of five. I mean, it was it, it was a huge, huge undertaking. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of traffic you got to direct. In that two-hour, two and a half-hour telecast, however long that yeah, first one was. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's just a lot of people hanging out on stage, and to make sure that everybody is in the right costume and in the right place and with the right words and all that stuff. I mean, it's and there are changes that are made right up to the last minute. So there's always, no matter how you do it, they keep improving and improving and improving it. And let's say you have a script and I might have I don't know sixty or hundred pages in it, and all of a sudden, uh, 25 minutes before you go on the air, you get a whole package of, of, of pages that are all new, rewritten pages that the writers have sent out. You know, and they're all they're all in different parts of your book. <laughs> you got to replace everything with the new pages, otherwise you're, it's not going to work. Yeah, you and you have to think fast, and you have to be ready to go. So you really have to do your homework. Yeah. Um, in, in order to do a live show like that. And if I remember correctly, something happened at the last minute of that very first Oscar cast that you were the stage manager for, Ron. You lost your script with all your notes and stage directions on it moments 
before the Oscars went on the air live. You lost your script because of a freak accident, and the only reason you managed to avoid a complete disaster was because you were so well-prepared. Ron will share that story when we continue our conversation next week on TV Confidential. We'll also talk about some of the other programs that he worked on for Dick Clark Productions, as well as how he became very good friends with Liberace when Ron worked behind the scenes of the Liberace show. In the meantime, you can enjoy the Kite Song, the 30-minute experimental short film that Ron produced in 1967. You can enjoy the Kite Song for free, ronbacon.net, ronbacon.net. We'll take a quick timeout, then we will welcome Ellen Gear. We come back on TV Confidential. If you are a fan of character actor Nehemiah Persoff, our friend James Rosen has just published The Many Faces of Nehemiah, Nehemiah Persoff's memoir as an actor on Broadway and on television. The Many Faces of Nehemiah, available classic tvseriesbooks.com, amazon.com, wherever books are sold online. In his memoir, Nehemiah Persoff looks back on his early childhood in Jerusalem, his emigration to America during the Depression, his work as a technician on the New York subway before he became an actor, as well as his remarkable transition to Broadway. The Many Faces of Nehemiah reveals with poignancy and humor Persoff's cultural an ethical clash with Broadway and with Hollywood, and the price he paid in human terms for the success he enjoyed in his career. The Many Faces of Nehemiah by Nehemiah Persoff, available classictvseriesbooks.com, classictvseriesbooks.com, as well as amazon.com, wherever books are sold online. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk tvconfidential.net talk at tvconfidential.net you can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential x.com forward slash tvconfidential or at tvconfidential on instagram and if you're listening to us on the tv confidential podcast please be sure to hit the subscribe button this portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.